Amen. Let's take our Bibles tonight. Please turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4 this evening. I'll just give a quick testimony myself. It's been a it's been an encouragement to me to see uh, some of our younger Christians growing. That's been a, been fun to watch and a blessing. And I was sharing on uh, New Year's Eve, one of our one of our young couples put something on Facebook, just a thing about the Lord. It was just I can't remember what it all said, but it was just well said and well done. And I, I was my wife's. I was looking at her Facebook there, and I saw this wonderful message from a Christian that really hadn't been saved all that long. And then another young couple from our church that hadn't been saved all that long either said, hope to see you at church tonight. I thought, man, that is wonderful. We got young couples encouraging young couples to be in church on New Year's Eve, and it just blessed my heart. And uh, what Brother Baker was saying earlier about, it just seems like these young folks that have been saved recently are just starting to come and want to serve and work in the church. And uh, it's just a wonderful blessing, just so good to see and, and uh, thrills my heart uh, to know that God is, uh, is still in the business of saving souls and changing lives and wanting to build them into productive Christians that will bear fruit. Uh, it's just a wonderful thing. Proverbs chapter 4, we're going to start a series for Sunday nights for the next little while. Won't, I, I'm not sure how long we'll go, but however the Lord leads on the heart. The heart. Tonight will just be an introductory message about why the heart is so important and what, what is it about the heart that, that God is concerned about. And each week we'll look at some different things. We'll look at some good and some bad, some positives and some negatives. There's the joyful heart, there's also the bitter heart. And it all comes from the same place. And the book of James tells us about that and it's talks about a fountain and can good and bad water come out of the same fountain, sweet water and bitter water. It comes from the same heart. It talks about the lips there, but the idea or the concept is the same. The, the lips are the evidence of what's in the heart, what comes out of a man. And so we're going to look at that for the next several weeks and we'll look tonight at Proverbs chapter 4 and if you'll look with me, we'll begin reading in verse 20. <clears throat> My son... Attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth, And perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Let's pray together. (coughs) Our Heavenly Father, we are thankful tonight that we can call you our Savior, and that's only by the grace of God, by the blood that was shed and the sacrifice made. Father, it concerns me as it concerns many in this room that there are so many today that are professors of Christ but not possessors of Christ. There's not a genuine conversion. There's no fruit in their life. Father, I pray, Lord, that if there's one here tonight that doesn't know Christ, that that they would give their heart to him tonight. 
not just half-heartedly, but they would put their full trust in him and him alone, that he might convert them and transform them and conform them to the image of his son. So Father, we pray that you'd help us. May the Spirit of God speak to our hearts. As we introduce this series of messages, we pray, Lord, that you would help us to prepare our hearts each week, that our hearts might be transformed, more like Jesus Christ. Help us to grow. May the Spirit of God fill me. I need your help desperately tonight, and I pray that you'd help me. Well, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 23, the Bible says, keep thy heart. Proverbs is a great book. I remember as a child being challenged by Dr. Strachan that read a chapter of Proverbs every day. He says, it doesn't matter what you're reading in the Bible, whatever schedule you're on, make sure that you always read a chapter of Proverbs a day. If I remember correctly, he said, especially young men. Young men, there's a lot in here about morality and living right and keeping your eyes on the Lord and on the right things. But the Bible sums it up. I think Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23 is almost a summary verse or a theme verse of what the author is trying to convey to us in the entire book. Keep thy heart. Keep thy heart. If we were to read any chapter in the book of Proverbs, you'll find that Everything that is said under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit comes back to that same thing. He is trying to reinforce, this is how you keep your hearts. We are to keep our heart right with God. We are to keep our heart separate from this world. Now, the wisdom of Proverbs identifies keeping our heart with all diligence as an essential for our spiritual survival. I don't say that lightly. I'm not, I think if you look at me, you're going to find out that I'm not a mountain climber. I'm not, I'm not one to do that. Now, I did get a chance to climb a mountain when we were out in British Columbia several years ago, and, and Pastor Rutherford, and uh, we, we went up there, and, and uh, we went, they went to a lookout, and I, I stopped at a lookout for a little while, and I got looking there, and, and uh, I didn't realize that I kind of lingered too long, and they had turned, and they had gone up further up the hill, and so I thought, well, they're, they're up the mountain. So I started up the mountain not knowing that they chickened out. And they had gone back down. I guess we'd come to a, one of the plateaus on that mountain and they thought, well, this is high enough. We've put out enough effort for today. And so I went on up the mountain. And basically, I'm going to be honest with you, the only reason I went the rest of the way up that mountain is because they told me I couldn't do it. So up I went and I climbed up there. And I mean, I was dying by the time I got up there. But, you know, I got thinking about it while we we're up there. I got thinking, you know, this is just a small hill, mountain as compared to a lot in British Columbia. And there are people that climb those mountains all the time and they go up into the snowy peaks and there are those in this world that have climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, they've climbed Mount Everest and when they go up those mountains they take some things with them that are essential to living. They'd better take some warm clothing. They'd better take something that they can prepare a fire with. They're going to need a fire at night. It gets cold. When you get up higher in Mount Everest they have to use oxygen tanks. The air is so thin that they cannot breathe properly. And so there are some essentials. Now, if they did not have fire, it is very likely they would die. They wouldn't get any warmth. If they went up there thinking, well, it's only, you know, it's a beautiful summer day down here at the mountain, the bottom of the mountain. I can just climb up there and I'm wearing a t-shirt and some shorts and I can climb. The, they're going to freeze to death when they get to the top. If they forget their oxygen, 
They're going to die of suffocation. The air is too thin. I, I, I say that or I give you that illustration to help you understand that when we make this statement in the book of Proverbs, keep thy heart with all diligence, it is as essential to our Christian walk as about anything else. I'm not saying it is the only thing. If you're not saved today, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're lost and bound for hell. That's essential to know Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we are to uh, be filled with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, wearing his excess, but be filled with the Spirit. I believe that being filled with the Spirit and walking in the Spirit of God is essential if we're going to have success in this Christian life. I believe that having Jesus Christ in our life is essential to having joy. We don't know true joy unless we have Jesus Christ. How many of you have ever been invited to a wedding and it's an unsaved couple? We all have families and friends that maybe are not saved. And I, I've been to those weddings and I sit there and I think, how will this ever last without Jesus Christ? Christ is essential to our lives. But keeping our heart is as well. Keeping on track and keeping focused and having our heart in tune with God is so very essential. You say, why? Because out of it, the Bible says, are the issues of life. Everything that we are comes from the heart. You know, you, you say, well, you know, pastor, every once in a while I put a, well, I'm hammering a nail and I hit my thumb. Sometimes I let out a bad word. The problem is, is that bad word's already in your heart. Or it wouldn't have come out. You understand what I'm saying? You say, well, you know, sometimes everybody loses their cool, and sometimes I get angry, and I, uh, in my anger, maybe I lose control, and I dress somebody down, and I tear them up from one end to the other. That's what's in your heart. That's what's in your heart. For out of it flow forth the issues of life. You know, you say, some pastor, you know, sometimes I have trouble with my thoughts. Sometimes I see a billboard and it has an inappropriate picture and my mind begins to wander and boy, that's a constant battle in the society that we live in today. We are bombarded by images and things that, that would cause us to be drawn away. Friend, if we're struggling with those things, we have to get to the root of the problem. The problem is the heart. We have to get our hearts in tune with God. For out of it flow forth the issues of life. Now the heart is just simply the way that the Bible describes the inner man. The inner man. You were made a new creature in Christ when you got saved. That new creature was a quickened spirit. You were made new within. You say, how do you know that? Well, because I wasn't made new without. Not yet. I haven't yet received a new body. How many of you can attest to that? When you got saved, your body didn't quit aging. Your body still got sick. Your body still suffered aches and pains. One day I'll have a new body, praise the Lord. Did you know that one day you'll all be perfect? Did you know that? The Bible says that you'll all be perfect one day. You're all going to look like Calvin Baker, amen? That's perfect, no. But we're going to be made whole. We're not going to suffer pain or suffering anymore. No more disease. Man, I'm so glad there's none, none of that stinking cancer in heaven. I don't know if you should say stinking, but I hate that cancer. 
There's not going to be disease in him. We're not going to have to worry about that. We're not going to have to worry about death anymore. This corruption shall put on incorruption. But for now, I live in this tabernacle. Do you know what a tabernacle was? It was temporary. But one day, I'll have a mansion. Not a tabernacle anymore. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 that the creation groaneth, waiting to be clothed upon. This mortal shall put on immortality. But for now, I'm dying. For now, I'm getting wrinkles. My hair is starting to gray. I cut it all off so you can't see it. But as it grows out, I get gray all down the side. I look in the mirror and I see that my droopy eye gets a little droopier all the time. I notice the wrinkles and think, wow, I am getting old. We all go through that. But the Bible says we were made new. That's the inner man. Do you know when you got saved, you got a heart transplant? God gave you a new heart. The problem is, is we tend back to the flesh. If we're not going to walk in the spirit, we fulfill the lust of the flesh, the Bible says. Uh, And we, we tend to have that sin nature battling and warring with us all the time. So it's so important that we keep the heart. The word keep there means exactly what you think it means. It means to preserve or guard. If I were to Go over to your home tonight and say, listen, would you do me a favor? I, uh, uh, I have all this money. I've, I've got $10,000 in my wallet. I don't. Wouldn't that be nice? And I came over and said, listen, would you, would you keep this for me? I can't get to the bank tonight, and I'm a little nervous about carrying this around. And tomorrow, I've got to get up early, and I've got to go off to work. And so I, I'm not able to get to the bank. Would you, would you please keep this for me? I know you have a safe in your home. Would you put it in there? What I mean by that is, would you guard this? Would you protect this for me? I don't have the ability tonight, I'm going to be traveling around and I, I might be out on the streets and for fear of getting mugged or somebody trying to rob me, I, I don't think I better have that in my pocket. And so would you please keep this for me? What I mean is guard it, protect it. And when the Bible says keep your heart with all diligence, it means to set a guard upon it and to watch over it. For out of it flow forth the issues of life. We are known. The Bible says even a child is known by his doings. And what comes forth out of that child is from his heart. You know what I like about children? Is normally with children you never have to guess what they're thinking. Bethany was evidence of that. Whatever was on her mind, it came out her mouth. We always knew where her heart was. Because it came right out her lips. Sometimes we'd have to, it'd be embarrassing. She'd say things like that. I remember one time years ago, we had, we had gone on a, a camping trip uh, somewhere. I don't remember where exactly we went. But when we got there, there were some people in the, in the park that we knew. And so we, we spent, so I guess, a little bit of time with them. And, and, and quite frankly, I think it was miserable for my parents. They didn't enjoy it at all. They had some children that just didn't, didn't behave very well. 
So it wasn't long after that, I guess a couple years later maybe, we were going to Disneyland. Mom probably knows what I'm talking about. And, and I was telling this lady, she was getting her hair done, mom was doing her hair, and I was saying, hey, we're going to Disneyland next week, and we're going to Florida. And she says, oh, can I come with you? And I said, no, my mom says she'll never go on a trip with you again. <laughs> That's what children do, isn't it? Didn't that happen, mom? I, I remember that because I got beat with a hairbrush again. <laughs> but with a child... You always know what's in their heart, don't you? Because it comes out. The truth is, we can see each other's hearts as well because it comes out. Out of our hearts flow forth the issues of life. I want you to notice some things quickly tonight that in the context of this passage help us to keep our hearts. Now in the next few weeks, we'll talk about the joyful heart. How many of you, if you have a joyful heart, you want to keep that, right? Amen. Well, the scripture tonight is going to tell us how do we keep it. Now, we'll brush up on it every week. If we have a bitter heart, we don't want to keep that. That's something we want to purge. We want allowed God to get in and clean it up. But when we get our hearts right with God, then we want to keep it. So notice what it says about keeping our heart. Back up to verse 20. My son... <coughs> Attend to my words. Attend to my words. Do you know that there's a big difference between hearing and attending? The word attending means to give attention to. To listen to. I think you'll understand the difference between hearing and attending. How many of you tonight are married? How many of you can honestly say at some point in your marriage... You might have heard your wife, man, but you weren't given real good attention. You're sitting there in the, pa- in the driver's seat and your wife's talking about her day and you're, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, uh-huh. Well, what did I say? Uh-oh. Am I telling you the truth? We've done it with our children. We're reading the newspaper, we're, we're busy working, we're doing something, and the kids come along and say, hey, guess what, and they tell you this story, and you didn't hear a word. You heard it, but you didn't attend to it. God says, I don't want you just to hear it. You have to attend, give attending to my word. Give attention to my word. Attend to my, in other words, don't just read your Bible, meditate on it. Soak it up. Understand it. I call it this, when I read my Bible, I call it tripping over a verse. I like it when that happens. I'll be reading my Bible and I'll trip over something. I say, oh, the Lord said go back and read that again. So I get out my ruler and I underline it in my Bible. And I read it and I read it and I read it and I read it and I read it. And somebody will say, what are you reading in the Bible right now? Uh, James chapter 4 verse 2. What do you mean, James? Yeah, that's all I could read this. It just kept studying it over and over and over. Attend to his word. I trip over that verse and then I read the whole chapter, then I read the whole book and I want to know the context and I want to learn about it. Listen, let God trip you up in his word. Get interested and get into the word and attend to it. Don't just, just, don't just listen, just, don't just read it to fulfill a schedule, but understand and meditate upon it. Now look what it says. In verse 20, my son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. 
You know, when somebody's talking and they lean right in and you listen and you're interested, that's what it means to incline. When you can see in their eyes you're engaged with them. When you lean across the table and you turn your ear a little bit just so you can hear a little bit better. When a child speaks and you, you bow down and you get right down and say, now what was that? And you listen very carefully. That's what the word incline means. God says, I want your attention. I want you to, not, not, don't, just, don't just read those words. Don't just, don't just skim through it like it's some textbook. Like you're studying for an exam. Medit- treat it like the love letter that it is. Pray over it. Read it. Get into Psalms and pray those words back to God. Boy, he must love hearing his word. He wrote it. A lot of those are prayers that David wrote. And incline thine ear. The Bible goes on to say about the word of God, verse 21, let them not depart from thine eyes. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep the word of God before you. Boy, I I think it's good. I, I like when I go into a home and there's, Scripture on the refrigerator, and there's scripture on the wall, and there's plaques up that have a scripture on them. They're, they're just putting it around the house, and they're keeping it before their eyes. And I think it's important that we keep the word of God before us. And if you'll read on, it says, <coughs> excuse me, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. The center of a man, your heart is your center. The center of a man is to be centered around the Bible. That's what it's saying. Keep my words in the midst of your heart. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. That was Madeline Patterson's favorite verse. Her husband, racked with Alzheimer's, couldn't remember her name. He couldn't remember the day of the week. He couldn't remember anything. But he could recite scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture And she'd remind me every time he did it. She says, his mind is gone, but thy word have I hid in my heart. She says, God gave him all those scriptures because he knew that he would need them today to find comfort and peace. Guard your heart, attend to his words. Then the Bible goes on and it says in verse 24, here's another principle. So first is the word of God. Attend to my words, keep your heart by staying in the word of God. Attend to it, incline incline your ear to it. Let it not depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. And then he says in verse 24, put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. You say, why? Because the mouth is often the first evidence of a problem in the heart. It's the first thing. You'll notice that if you had a habit of cussing and swearing, that when you get away from the Lord, those, those things will come back sometimes. Like I said, you put a hammer on your thumb or you get cut off in traffic, you get angry, those things will come back. The emotions will stir up in our hearts and it's usually the first evidence of a heart problem is the tongue. Gossip, that's a heart problem. Comes from the tongue. Complaining, a heart problem. Perverse lips, put them far from thee. That's a heart problem. Backbiting, unkindness, they're all heart problems. But they all come from the tongue, don't they? They say, wow, you really need to clean up your mouth. No, no, no. We need to clean up our heart. 
It's a heart problem. God says, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it flow forth the issues of life. And he says, one of these things we need to do is put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Turn, if you will, to the book of James. James chapter three. I know you know this chapter, but it's a good reminder for us tonight. We're talking about the heart and we're talking about the tongue. James chapter three. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. (coughs) For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships which thought they be so great, and are driven... Of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell." For every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. The tongue is a heart problem. So in the context of Proverbs chapter four, where he tells us to keep our hearts, we have to understand that the prescription is all around that verse. First, we are attend to the word of God. Second, put away a forward mouth. It is evidence of a heart problem. And then he says this in verse 25, let thine eyes look right on. Let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Do you know that your eyes are the gate to your heart eyes are the gate to the heart we need to be very careful what we see the things that we put into our hearts the things that affect us and draw us away it may not always be something that we would consider wicked we must be very careful that we are not drawn away to 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 be foolish with our money by spending on the latest fashions just because it appeals to our senses But we must also be careful with lust and those things that we see bombarded with on a daily basis. I was talking to Pastor Strachan a little while ago, I guess when he was here to preach or to sing. And he was saying this, he said, you know, when I was a teenager, if you wanted to get some pornography, he says, you had to get out of your house and go to a place and find it and buy it. He says, today you just have to bring it right into your home on the internet. 
He says it's right there and available for everybody. Guard your heart, people. Be careful. Be careful. Uh, we used to sing that song as children, and we careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little eyes what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful little eyes what you see. Not only that, what we see can vex the Holy Spirit, can grieve the Holy Spirit. You want the power of God in your life? Be careful what you see. Turn to Psalm chapter 101. Just back a few pages. Psalm 101. And the Bible says in verse 3, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Notice, notice the, the verse there. First of all, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. In other words, the things that we see can turn us aside. They can take us in the wrong direction. Now look back in Proverbs chapter 4. He says, let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. The warning is repeated. Be careful what you see because it'll get you off the path. Ponder your path. The last verse there says, ponder thy path of thy feet. Let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Now look at that last phrase. Remove thy foot from evil. Not only do we have to be careful what we see, we need to be careful where we go. Be careful of places of influence. If you know you're struggling with something, stay away from it. Don't go into that restaurant that has a bar. There, I mean, that, that's difficult. There, most restaurants do. But if, you, if you're given to alcohol, if you're struggling with that, you don't need to be walking by that stuff. You don't need to be seeing that carried to the next table. Be careful of those places of influence. Let not thy, or remove thy foot from evil. We need to guard our hearts. Go back to verse 23 with me. In closing tonight. Read that verse again. Why don't you read it out loud with me? Let's read it together. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Let me challenge you to memorize that verse. As over the next several weeks, we'll be talking about the heart. Would you be reminded of that verse on a weekly basis? We'll, we'll maybe put it up on the screen so that you can be reminded of it. But take some time. Memorize the verse. It will help you. When you begin to see things we ought not see, we'll say, oh, I need to keep my heart with all diligence. For out of it flow forth the issues of life. You say, I begin to talk about things and things I shouldn't be talking about and gossiping. You say, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. When our path is taking us in the wrong direction, we have to be reminded to keep our heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Would to God that we would heed the scripture tonight and understand that the problems that we have and the sin that, that, that comes and just fights with us all the time and we're warring against it is a heart problem. And may God work on our hearts. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you for your scripture and the reminder tonight that we are just flesh and blood who are in a constant battle to stay right. The Bible is encouraging us to keep our hearts. I believe that 
Jesus Christ is cheering for us. We know that he's interceding for us. God the Father has gone before us. If God before us, who can be against us? But Lord, we have to do our very best to be filled with the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, that we fulfill not the lust of the flesh, and to keep our hearts. Father, I pray you bless this study over the next several weeks. Help us to grow, strengthen our hearts with it. But remind us each week that we are to build the inner man, that we are to go to the source of the problem, not clean up the outside, but to get to the heart. And Father, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand this evening with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. (coughs) We're just going to allow you to spend some time with the Lord. And would you do a couple things for me? Would you first strive to memorize that verse? It'll help you through our study. But also, would you pray that God would speak to you? I'm not talking about the roof opening up and an audible voice for heaven, but that still small voice of his Holy Spirit that he would move on your heart through these messages that God has laid upon my heart. And would you pray for me as I develop and pray over these messages that God would help us to grow in Christ? Would you pray those things tonight?